In this episode of Fictional Hangover, we talk about pita malarking an ice cube, crafts, jello mayonnaise, bag bags, and box boxes in our discussion of The Box in the Woods by Maureen Johnson. Box, 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 box. <laughs> Not sorry about it. Hey everybody, welcome to Fictional Hangover, a podcast about young adult and new adult books, series, authors, and voice actors that is full of spoilers. I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire, and today we're going to discuss The Box in the Woods by Maureen Johnson. Standard disclaimer, if you haven't read this book, please remember that Fictional Hangover is all about spoilers. If you haven't read or listened and don't want to be spoiled, stop listening to us and go read or listen to the book. Then come back. If you haven't done this but want to pretend that you have, or if you don't care about spoilers, or if you just like the show so much that you don't care about any of that, then listen up. Mwah. It's like I've done it before. <laughs> it's like you've done it at least, at least 181 times. At least. Hundred and eighty one, jeez. Jeez. And that doesn't jeez even Lord. count the bonus episodes. Those are numbered That's... the same. Yeah. You don't always do disclaimer on the bonus episodes. No. No, I don't. You Sometimes. know you know what you've gotten yourself into with the bonus if episodes. If you haven't by then. To be fair, with, with the podcast in general, if you haven't if you if you suddenly oh my gosh they're giving spoilers away I know who done it oh, that would well, be bad especially for a mystery book like our book today I'm so excited to do this one so let's just dive straight in background info hit me yes not okay I'm not gonna hit you you're too far away whimsicalblessings.com is where I found this interview and they asked what was the inspiration behind the box in the woods Maureen Johnson's answer to this question is. I knew I likely wanted something that happened over the summer. I also wanted somewhere I could bring the characters back together. I also felt like the 70s were the next historical period I wanted to work for with the cold case. All of those things add up to camp. I didn't have to think about it very long. Camp was the right setting. Murder. Remote locations. Serial killers. That's camp for you. Murder. 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 And crafts. <laughs> Yay. Sign me up. Indeed. I am there. <laughs> oh, we love these books so much, Claire. We do. We do. Do you know what I was thinking about Maureen Johnson the other day? Um, because I was on Goodreads. Mm-hmm. And a certain anthology came up. Mm-hmm. A certain festive anthology came up and it reminded me how we read the book, watched the movie, died and still died on the inside. Died, died so much. But the one story that stood out as actually being fun or having aspects of fun was the Maureen Johnson one. Yeah, it's and the only then, one we didn't hate. Exactly. <laughs> and then we're like, Well we're gonna we're gonna have to do the Truly Devious series because everybody's saying how good it is and yeah. we read the synopsis and like they sound really good. Yeah, yeah, I read them. I read them on my own before yeah. before we even like had dreams of covering them on the podcast. And, and they were I, so I, good. I, I know I ended with trepidation, but oh my god. Yeah. 
So good. I hope there's more. I like that you, we have the original trilogy, which everyone can go and listen to our, our episodes about those. And now we have this one that's a standalone. So how many more standalones can she do? You know, an infinite number. Yeah, and I need it, them. It kind of is probably by comparison, but they're a little bit like, I don't know, like Famous Five, like Enid Blyton style books where you have the core characters, but they do a lot of different stories mm-hmm. and they just keep coming back and there's so much more that can be explored. And yeah. you don't even know the side characters very much. No. You don't know the friends very much. So there's so much that's there. And, you know, we learn from the, the original trilogy, which we have covered, each book individually. No, we didn't. No, we did two and one. We two and but we one. talked to Kate Rudd. Yes. Which was really, really fun. Check out that bonus. She's amazing. Yes. And, you know, the, we, so we, we know that there's a political issue going on, which, you know, hello, current climate. So there's so much more there to explore. Yeah. I'm I'm expecting a not very cool case murder on the political trail. And Stevie goes and solves it. Yeah, it could be great. She could do that. Or also, as what happens at the end of this book, she goes and solves Jack the Ripper. You know what she could? She could. She definitely could. Or anybody who could, she could. Or, remember, she solves Pippa's crimes. (laughs) A good girl's guide to murder. (laughs) right okay so let's talk about this one (laughs) don't give me that innocent face it's your fault we read those hey the first one one was really good the first one's excellent and that's the end of my sentence it's a good end to a sentence (laughs) all right but this entire three Four books. Read these. Read these. These are good. Read these. If you have a choice between reading the Truly Devious series or the Good Girls Guide series, read the Truly Devious series. Yes. Definitely. And then also read the Karen McManus. Yes. You can read those two. We'll let you. Yes. Okay, let's start. It's a mystery, so it's going to be a long one, everyone. In July 1978, Sabrina... A counselor at Camp Wonderfalls decides she's going to try something different this summer. And that means, instead of being the perfect student and quiet girl, she's going to break up with her boyfriend, start dating a new guy, and sneak away from her cabin to smoke pot with her new friends. (laughs) Her friends take her to the box in the woods, an old hunting blind, where they hide their stash. She smokes for the first time and listens to Fleetwood Mac, but then realizes that her friends have been gone for an awful long time. Two of them snuck off for some lovin', which you have to do if you're in a 1970s summer camp. It's the rules. Oh. The other, her maybe boyfriend? He just went off to pee, but he's been gone for at least a few songs now. Where is everyone? He's turned to poop. Oh, no. He's yeah. pooping in the woods. Yeah. He said he had to pee, but he was lying because he was ashamed of his bowel movements. Yes. 
<laughs> Sabrina goes to get the couple, but when she approaches them, they're really still. Then she hears someone behind her. Shit. <laughs> Shit in the woods! <laughs> In the present day, Stevie Bell is working in Delhi at a grocery store. She's home from Ellingham Academy for the summer. Time has passed and she's no longer on everyone's mind like she was after she solved the famous Ellingham case. She talks to David, her boyfriend, the only girly thing she's got going for her. He's campaigning across the country, currently at a cracker barrel, Mm. trying to get people to vote for anyone other than his father. When Stevie gets home, she sees she has an email from the owner of a company called Boxbox. Carson, <laughs> who has purchased Camp Wonderfalls, now named Sunny Pines. I don't trust either of those names. Mm-mm. Carson wants Stevie to come to be a camp counsellor in air commons. <laughs> But actually solve the Box in the Woods murder because he's making a podcast about it and tells her she can bring her friends if she wants. Mmm. Mmm, that sounds Stevie fun. Stevie sets up an elaborate scheme involving looking at tiny nutshell murder scenes in a book and a second email from the Box Box guy that doesn't mention any murder at all to convince her mother to let her go. And that it was her own idea. That's smart. It is. Thanks for the idea, Charles Manson. What? <laughs> I love Stevie so much. I'm not going to be able to keep holding up my fingers every time we say box. So sorry. And also I'm that trying, counts. I'm, hey, I'm, I'm box. to note. Yep. Uh-huh. That's two more. Box. <laughs> Brandy, another counselor, wakes up to a small child staring at her. <laughs> no, thank you. No, no, no. You can put that in the box and put it over it. <laughs> Brandy's friends never came back from their trip into the woods, and now she's dealing with all the kids by herself, one of which spots another counselor asleep on the path. Uh, but he's not asleep. He's dead. Brandy begins to scream. The head of the camp, Susan, wakes that same morning and goes for a run around the lake. When she gets back to her cabin, she makes the morning announcement, but is interrupted by that scream. Susan and the nurse, Magda, follow the sounds and the campers to the body. Susan recognizes the boy as Eric Wilde, and the nurse checks his vitals. There are none. Susan radios another counselor, Sean, and tells him to phone the police, but tells him to uh, not call for an ambulance because it's not needed. Ooh. Oh, corpse. Ooh. He did. <laughs> they all did. <laughs> Stevie is now on a train headed towards camp. She believes that no good can come from being on a train, what with all the train murder mysteries. Hercule Poirot, anyone? We know Stevie hearts her some Hercule Poirot. Oh, she hearts her Agatha Christie (laughs) hard. And disappearances that happen on them. But she arrives at her stop and is met by Carson, the shaved head, sage-smelling, tattooed, yoga-pants-wearing hippie owner of Boxbox. Nate and Janelle have already arrived and David is going to be unable to attend because of his campaign work. He will come visit, though. They go to Carson's home in his Tesla, 
raise an eyebrow and talk about having a think jam to raise another eyebrow and a vegan pizza in the bounce house. How many eyebrows are raised now? Three? Four? This is our third. Okay, I mean, vegan pizza gets another one and so does bounce house. Yeah. So that's four eyebrows? All the eyebrows. All of them. All of them. (laughs) We need to paint some more eyebrows. We do, just layer them up. <laughs> this is where he and the rest of the box box come up with all their ideas. Stevie, Nate, and Janelle are each assigned camp jobs, but really, they're mostly there so Stevie can solve the mystery. Janelle will be head of arts and crafts with Stevie as her assistant. She's ridiculously excited. I about know, her. I love it. I love Janelle. <laughs> but Stevie's job is completely fake. <laughs> She is not needed. Look, you do not need Stevie if you have Janelle in charge of crafts. Stevie's just there. Imagine Janelle at Norwood Academy with the craft assignments. She she would pre-do them before she even got there. She would. She definitely would. Nate's job is also kind of fake. He is the camp librarian who gets to live in the treehouse library and not work on the book. He's supposed to have been writing since we met him way back in Dreamy Devious. Oh my god, it's the dream. I know. Treehouse Library? Yes, please. It will be really difficult to get your books up in a treehouse, though. What you do is you put the books in a box and then you use a pulley winch system. Yes, to lift the box into the library. Yes. Okay, good plan. Small box, though. Not filled up all the way. No, no. You've got to have a certain... It's too heavy. Have you... It's like, you know, amateur hour filling a single box just with books. Yeah. Amateur hour. Amateurs. Yeah. Anyway. Let's go back to 1978. You want to? Yeah. Okay. The sheriff has arrived and is worried about what's going to happen to the town since there was a tragic death not too long ago. Hopefully this isn't another death. Oh, but it is. Eric has been stabbed six times and his head has been bashed in and three more campers are missing. Patty, another of the counselors, tells Susan and the sheriff that Eric, Sabrina, Diane, and Todd went into the woods to get marijuana at about 11 the night before and she tells them where they usually go, to the box in the woods. The sheriff finds it, and inside, in white paint, is written the word, surprise. Fucking yikes, I don't want to open that box. That is not an accident. (laughs) It's not an accident. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just going to crack on. Carson shows Stevie, Janelle and Nate a presentation he's put together about the murders and it's clear he's testing out podcast ideas on them. The slides have photographs of everyone in town at a bicentennial event two years before the murders. Photos of the victims, Eric, pot-dealing son of the librarian, Diane, Led Zeppelin loving daughter of the owners of the local dairy farm, Todd, son of the mayor, Football star, general douchebag, and Sabrina, daughter of a dentist, library volunteer, general good girl. Crime scene photos, including sketches of the three bodies found inside the box, 
and the painted word surprise, which was not an accident. Which I heard in <laughs> they did it while they were in there. That's how they died. They all got in the box to write surprise on the lid, and then they were so high, they just stayed in there and suffocated. There, I solved it. Lead-based paints as well. Yes. Solved. Thanks, Stevie. All right, the end. <laughs> well, there are also theories oh, okay. of what could have happened. That's there was not, one. That was we'll one. We'll put a pin in that one. We'll, we'll put that in a, a pin in it and then put its own little box. Yes, please. <laughs> the theories are, apart from what Amanda said, <laughs> a drug deal gone wrong, which is probably not right. Because mine is right. Yes. A serial killer, which is likely, given that it was the 70s, and basically everyone was a serial killer then. <laughs> Plus, there was one nearby who also wrote, surprise, at the crime scenes. And the third was that someone was out for revenge against Todd who definitely ran over a kid and got away with it. Douchebag. General douchebag. He's joined joined the army. The fictional hangover army. General American and general douchebag. Oh, my general American's just there. Oh, yay. The next day, Carson says he has planned a festival to dedicate a room at the children's library in honor of Sabrina. And then he introduces Stevie to everyone in town. They go to the bakery, owned by Patty, who is friends with all the victims, and Janelle is immediately into her cake decorations, which Stevie compares to crime scenes, making Patty feel awkward. (laughs) Stevie's so good at that. (laughs) Social interaction. Next, they go to the library, where they meet Allison, sister of Sabrina, now town librarian. They talk about the new children's room and how Sabrina would have loved it, especially the giant turtle that kids could sit in and read. And urinate, because that's what happens in those really cool chairs in libraries. Sorry, everyone. Sabrina loved turtles. Afterward, they go to the camp where they meet Nicole, who runs things now, and then Carson gives them a tour of the crime scenes. In 1978, after the murders, there is panic. No, there's a picnic. There's a picnic. There's a panic picnic. Whatever. In 1978, there's no panic at all. There's, there's so not. It's a panicky picnic. Excuse me. If you're gonna have some murders in 1978 and then suddenly having a picnic, you're like, oh my god, there's gonna be panic. What do you bring? Who brings the potatoes? That's right. Who Who brings brings the hot dogs? Who brings the jello? Who brings the jello? Who does bring the jello? Everyone, because it's the 70s. Everyone brings jello and potato salad. It's, it's, yes. And some people bring it together. Yes, they put hot dogs inside the jello. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On TV, America uses a lot of mayonnaise in their picnic food. There's a lot of mayonnaise involved in a lot of things. I'm not the biggest mayonnaise fan. Just eggs and oil. I like vegan mayonnaise. Do you like vegan pizza? <laughs> While you're having your think jam in the bounce house? <laughs> well, if we're talking about euphemisms. <laughs> right, I'm going back to 1978 panic picnics. Okay, yes. In 1978, 1978, oh, for goodness sake. In 1978, after the murders, there is a picnic. 
everyone in town is there and it's very much like the bicentennial event they had a couple of years before except that one had fireworks and photographers and they even got into life magazine Ooh. and this one is subdued and morose and everybody is talking about their teenagers it's not the same it's not the same these two things one is not like the other Arnold Horn, Patty's father, talks to the mayor, Todd's father, about whether the death of Michael a few months ago and these camp deaths are related. But no, of course not. Todd definitely did not run over Michael. Definitely. Definitely. Brandy, the counsellor who found Eric's body and her sister Megan are having a similar conversation not too far away. Brandy thinks that whoever killed the campers might still be around watching them and that they're going to come back megan says no way who is right mm. Ooh. open box one see you okay. open box two nobody oh it's just jello and mayonnaise in the second box present day carson stevie janelle and nate go to the festival that carson has set up there are food trucks and vendors, and it's very elaborate. It's an awful lot of work and expense from a guy who sells boxes, but everyone knows he's actually just trying to buy the town's love. Somehow, Carson has gotten everyone still around from the case in the 70s to come to this event. He introduces Allison to a cold case detective, and then she asks her to find Sabrina's diary, but no one's been able to find that. It was lost in the 70s. There's no way it could still exist. <sighs> After sharing the beautiful new library room, Carson ruins everything by introducing Stevie to the crowd and declaring he's hosting a podcast about the murder and Stevie is going to solve it. Yikes. Everyone is in a panic picnic. Everyone is in an uproar. Patty comes over and invites them to her bakery to avoid the crowd. Thank goodness. <sighs> Bakers win the day. They do. Stevie walks around the bakery and spots a picture of Patty's dad on the wall. Patty talks about how he hated having his picture taken. And this one and the other one that ended up in the magazine from the Bicentennial are the only ones she ever had of him. When he was in the war, he did lots of spy things in German territory, which made him very stern. She talks about how he bought her everything and how they had a pool and a big house and how she never really had to try to do anything because she had him and he'd pay for anything. But when she didn't even try to apply for college, he got mad and told her to stop hanging out with her deadbeat friends. Ooh, that's awkward. Now that they are literally all dead. Move the room down. Anyway, they enjoy some delicious cake, and then Patty offers to tell her story of what happened. Ooh. Settle in, kids. <laughs> Patty would have been out at the box in the woods that night, but she and her on-again, off-again boyfriend, Greg, had recently gotten caught making up after a breakup, coincidentally caused by Sabrina, who told Patty that she and Greg kissed. Apparently, Greg often made out with other people, but Patty would never really leave him because he was so handsome. They were each on lockdown, Greg in an admin building, and Patty with a nurse and unable to sneak out. She woke up because of the screaming. It was awful. 
Then, a little bit later, after the town picnic, she and Greg and some others were at the football field, and then Greg drove off drunk or high or something on his motorcycle, crashed, and died. My goodness. It's an entire generation being killed off here. Eesh. Finally, Stevie asks Patty what she thinks happened. And she says it was probably the woodsman or a copycat serial killer because it was the 70s and there were a lot of serial killers back then. It really was. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of serial I've killers. I've watched a lot of serial killers documentaries yeah. lately. And they're all in the 70s. Yeah. And they were probably all, at least 95% of them at summer camps. Yes. Living in the lake. <sighs> Having panic picnics. Later back at camp, Stevie, Nate and Janelle talk about what they know about Jason Voorhees is the logical suspect because he lives in the lake and has also been to space <laughs> and about how revenge is a good motive to kill Todd but why kill more innocent kids if you're angry about an innocent kid being killed there's a lot to unpack in that sentence <laughs> as she tries to fall asleep Stevie looks over more files that Carson sent this time ones about Sabrina being perfect then she falls asleep and a bug or something tries to fly up her nose. Yeah. No, thank you. Mm-mm. She wakes up, freaked out. Janelle, who has every right to be freaked out, and the word surprise is painted on their wall. And it wasn't there last night. Ooh. Is this an accident? It was <laughs> accidentally painted there. <laughs> it's 1978, after the picnic. The teens are left to go to the football field and end up talking about what they think happened. Oh, look, it's Patty's story. Patty is not really excited to be there, especially when Greg shows up with beer and pot. The parents, especially her dad, who everyone knows is a tough, almost police-type spy, will know that they've been doing drugs and drinking. She and Greg get into an argument about this because what does she care if she upsets her dad? It's not like she's going to go to college or anything. Ooh. They yell about her friends dying, and Greg says they were his friends, too. And then he gets on his motorcycle and drives off, Patty crying and running behind with a flashlight. Greg promptly turns a sharp corner, crashes, and dies in a bright flash of light. Stevie and Janelle begin investigating the surprise and discover several things. The paint is really dry. It was wiped from the bottom to keep it from running. There is paint drip and tape on the floor under Stevie's bed. And the one we're in that isn't locked is a hole in the window screen that's less than two inches. So, basically, this could not have been done last night while they were asleep. Which is good. Stevie lets Carson know and asks for surveillance cameras, but that's going to be tricky to set up because the campers are supposed to arrive soon. Stevie calls David, who is worried, obviously, and then she meets up with Nate. Nicole finds them and gives Nate some terrible news. Oh, great. What else could go wrong? Nate has to fill in as a counsellor with a guy who wants to be a social media influencer. No. Oh. Oh, It's Nate's nightmare. (laughs) Forced socialisation. Oh, it's disgusting. With a douchebag. Oh, it's terrible. It's only temporary, though. But still. Carson comes by the camp later with cameras in a fancily patterned box box bag. He also shows Stevie that someone left something for him too. 
It's a box because he's the box box guy, probably. But inside the box are dolls to dress to look like the three counselors who got put inside the box and the word surprise is written inside. He gives Stevie the box and she goes back to camp. They all decide that clearly someone is upset about the box podcast and is trying to scare them or be a jerk or both. Janelle hangs the cameras and then Nicole lets Stevie know that someone is there to see her. That was really hard to say all those boxes without laughing. <laughs> it's Alison and she's there to apologize. Alison and Stevie talk about why Stevie is actually there. Because someone needs to do something, Stevie's response. It's good enough for Alison, who invites Stevie to meet with her the next morning at her house. Alison says that she knows Kyoko, the librarian at Ellingham, and she seems to think Stevie is a decent human being. That's nice. <laughs> so Alison wants to help her. That night, Stevie calls David and tells him what's going on. He says he's going to come and see her. She thinks of everything. She's got her friends. She's got a crime to solve. She'll soon have David. She goes to sleep that night. Very happy camper. Counselor. <laughs> the next day, Stevie goes to Allison's house. Inside, everything is tidy and immaculate. Allison shows Stevie a room that she has filled with all of Sabrina's things. There are bins of makeup and dresser stuff, lots of books and journals, and turtles of all kinds. Pillows, stuffed toys, a big ceramic one, tiny ones. It's basically a shrine to turtles. And Sabrina. Allison tells Stevie about her sister, how she kept schedules and diaries, and how she still wants to find that last missing one, and that Sabrina was studying German. Then she shows her some interlibrary loan slips of two books that Sabrina requested at the library about the Third Reich. Ooh, uh, this is very serious stuff for a teenager. Do you not read about the Third Reich over your summer holidays? I don't. I don't. Strangely enough. Oh. Alison invites Stevie to join her for her daily run around the lake and reluctantly Stevie agrees. I sit there and cringe at all the exercise she's had to do Mm-mm. before 7am. No, yikes. Stevie asks about why Alison never left town after the tragedy. She also asks about Sabrina's ex-boyfriend Sean and if maybe he killed everyone because he was jealous. Alison doesn't believe that. Plus everyone knows he was in the cabin with Paul that night. Stevie also asks why Sabrina would hang out with Eric, Diane and Todd, especially Todd, who definitely ran over Michael. (laughs) Alison says she was ready for change and maybe she couldn't make herself believe that Todd could actually kill someone. They make it to Arrowhead Point, a beautiful cliff spot above the lake, and Alison's daily midway point. Then Alison continues her run while Stevie slogs back to camp. (laughs) She decides if she can't do anything else to solve the murder, she will at least find Sabrina's diary. It's the only thing she can do. Back at camp, Stevie meets Janelle in the art pavilion. Stevie tells Janelle all about the Sabrina shrine and how Allison collected everything of her sisters. She tells her she wants to try to find the last diary. This inspires Janelle, who, while cleaning and setting up her craft supplies, found an old box of papers one of which was typed on a typewriter by Sabrina. It isn't anything really important, just a list of craft supplies to buy, and it's full of typos. But Stevie thinks Allison would like to have it. Later, Stevie, Janelle and Nate go to the lake with the other camp counsellors. Janelle is fine and chatty, but Stevie and Nate aren't really conversationalists. Nate's 
douchey cabin mate guy shoves a hot dog bun in his mouth while making another counsellor film it. Uh, okay. Mm-mm. No. It transfixes Stevie and causes her to shout, Son of a bitch! And leave. <laughs> she makes a phone call and sets up a meeting. She knows who wrote the threatening message on their wall and how they did it. Mm. Ooh. I really, really loved this scene narrated by Kate Rudd because her son of a bitch, like, it was just stellar. Kate Rudd is fantastic. This was a, this was a, an amazing performance. I, th- I think out of all of the truly devious books, the narration's spectacular, but this one was just... Mwah. Yeah. Mwah. Yeah. Okay, so who did it who wrote surprise on the wall in the cabin tell us tell us it was carson oh carson planted the surprise sign and the doll box using bag bag fabrics and box box boxes he covered the painting with photorealistic fabric and taped it to the wall then in the middle of the night he pulled it through the hole in the window screen with string that's that bug that stevie felt on her face Carson is excited that Stevie figured it out, but what's worse is that he was going to pretend that that happened to them on the podcast. Stevie refuses to help him now, and none of this is okay. She will stay and try to solve the mystery, and will share what she can and tell him things, but this is not how she works. She doesn't hurt people for fun. These are real people with real pain. The only thing that makes this evening okay is the text she gets from David saying he'll see her tomorrow. Oh, David. The next day starts out as good a day as for Stevie. She takes the list Janelle found to Alison at the library and she really appreciates it. She tells Stevie she'll ask people in town to talk to her. Wonderful. Together, they go to Paul's veterinary practice and Alison suggests they chat because Stevie is a good kid. Stevie and Paul go to Patty's bakery to chat. Paul thinks, yes, of course, Todd ran over his brother. He says there are three types of people in town. Those who know Todd did it and tried to help. Those who think he's innocent. And finally, those who knew he did it and didn't do anything about it. Those are the worst. And they included Todd's dad, the mayor, and if the mayor said it didn't happen, it didn't happen. Oh, douchebag cough. Douchebag. Stevie then asks Paul about what happened the night of the murders. He says that he was in the lifeguard cabin with Sean. Greg and Todd were also lifeguards, but Greg was on house arrest in an admin cabin and Todd was out in the woods. Sean was trying to play Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin on his guitar. Susan checked in on them, then he went back to his cabin where he was seen by another counselor, and then he went to bed. People in town thought his family might have been responsible for the murders because of, you know, hit-and-run revenge, but his family was home with the neighbors, and he was with Sean, playing Led Zeppelin, so everyone decided they were innocent. He doesn't know what happened, but he does think it felt personal, but he also thinks that it happened too long ago, and that it can't be solved. Oh, Stevie Bell's on the case, man. Yes, yes. When Stevie gets back to camp, Nicole is decidedly not nice to her about her leaving at all. 
But then David gets there, so she leaves again. <laughs> she is so happy to see him. This set up his campsite, which is very private, and they enjoy that. Oink, oink. And then he takes her back to Sunny Pines. Nicole, who checks in on her later, is none the wiser. The next day, camp actually begins, and there are children everywhere. <laughs> this this is where the horror movie starts. Yes. It's not the murders and the violence. It's all the children. The children. Nate, standing in for the sick counsellor, has met his nemesis. An eight-year-old boy who has read his book seven <laughs> times and barrages him with questions about when he's going to finish the sequel. It's Nate's worst nightmare. The day passes quickly and soon Stevie is texting David who sneaks into the camp on a kayak. A little while later, they get caught by Nicole who is pissed about Stevie sneaking strangers into the camp with children. If it happens again, even though she is there as Carson's guest, she will be gone. Period. End of discussion. The next day, Carson comes. Another stranger at the camp to tell Stevie that Allison is dead. Oh. She fell from Arrowhead Point during her morning jog. Even though Stevie's not allowed guests and she's not allowed to leave, Carson takes Stevie to investigate. He gives her a microphone and sends her out to talk to witnesses. A couple of swimmers said she must have tripped. Didn't see anyone else with her, so she must have tripped. <laughs> Stevie then goes to David's tent, and together they rent a canoe and float out to the lake where Allison fell. There were police and people all around, so searching the scene wouldn't be possible just yet. Stevie goes back to camp, and she's about to fall asleep. She gets a call from Susan, the woman who ran Camp Wonderfalls during the murders. She called to tell Stevie about Allison, to say that Allison suggested she tell Stevie her story. So that's what she's doing. Stevie agrees to meet Susan in the morning and then falls asleep for a solid 11 hours. Mm. God, that sounds good. Nice. When she wakes, she and David drive to see Susan, who lives just outside the centre of town. Stevie sees all the places related to the murders and to the people involved. The library, the dairy bar, the bakery, and the vet. It's like glue. It is like glue. At Susan's, Stevie learns that Susan and Magda, the camp nurse, fell in love and got married. Susan tells Stevie what happened at camp, and it's pretty much the same story over again. How the four were in the woods, how Todd definitely ran over Paul's brother, how Sabrina didn't really fit, how Patty was in lockdown in the nurse's office with Magda, who had insomnia. How Greg, Patty's boyfriend, was locked down in an admin office. And that Paul was with Sean, learning to play Stairway to Heaven. Susan then describes Eric's body when she and Magda found it. Then she talks about how just a few days later, she was driving by the football field when Greg died in his crash. She saw Patty there too, not too far away, screaming and flailing around with a flashlight. Then she saw a flash of light from the crash. How tragic for someone else to die in an accident like that. So many dead in such a short amount of time. As Stevie and David leave Susan's, they see Sean, who was Sabrina's ex-boyfriend. As they walk toward him, David starts to talk about the upcoming school year, but Stevie is lost in her thoughts. 
She almost connects something about something but loses it. They make it to the Sean, but he refuses to talk to Stevie. She goes back to camp and helps out in the art pavilion, but Janelle has everything covered because it's Janelle, so of course she does. So she begins to listen through her recorded conversation with Susan. Then she listens to Stairway to Heaven. She almost figures out what she almost figured out earlier, but then the kid who was obsessed with Nate's book comes by and disrupts her thoughts. Damn you, child! Then Nicole comes storming in. Oh, great. What did Stevie do this time? (laughs) Nothing. Oh. (laughs) She's there for Nate, who has been released from his stand-in counsellor duties. Freedom! Oh, thank goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Stevie helps him move his stuff to the library treehouse, and then Stevie gets a text from David. The cops are gone from the lake, and now it's Stevie's turn to investigate. She really thinks that everyone and everything is somehow connected, but she just can't see how. Yet. They go to investigate the point, but David uses this time to tell Stevie that he might be going to England when she goes back to Ellingham. Since he kind of ruined his father's political career, he got cut off, and a friend of the family is willing to help him. But... He's in England. Stevie is upset. She looks at the point and gets black stuff on her pristine white camp t-shirt. But she's not focused anymore because of David. He's leaving her. She's angry. So she goes back to camp. That night there is a storm and the power goes out. Stevie, furious and unthinking, hadn't charged any of her devices. So she loses power too. When she wakes the next day, the 4th of July, fully recharged, literally not figuratively, she goes to see Nate, but just kind of lumps on the floor. Nate gets her semi out of her stupor and they go into town to eat at the dairy bar. Nate is actually working on his book. (gasps) I know! Pick the chin up off the floor. And he forces Stevie to think about the case and not about David. She looks through her notes and things and finds the craft supply list she took to Alison. And then she realises that Sabrina probably hid her diary in the turtle cookie jar, an item on that list. She looks at pictures of Sabrina's room and finds it in there. She knows that Alison realised it too after Stevie took her the list. And that is probably why she was killed, because she was Definitely killed. She and Nate leave to break into a dead woman's house. That's a fun bonding experience. They get inside and look for the jar, which is not where it was in the photos Stevie took when she visited with Allison earlier. Allison definitely figured it out then and went home to find the jar when she left Stevie with Paul. Stevie finds the jar in the kitchen, but it is impossible to open. So she smashes it and pulls out the diary that no one has seen since 1978. And then she and Nate hear someone opening the front door. Shit. They manage to get out of the house, but then they discover that the bikes they rode into town are gone. Shit! Shit! And then they are shot at. (laughs) Shit, shit, shit. (sighs) 
this was supposed to be a nice bonding experience <laughs> no! in a dead woman's house. No! Gunshots. Burgled bikes. Shit. Shit in the woods. All the shit in the woods. All the shit in the woods. Stevie and Nate run into the woods, not to take a shit, but to <laughs> and try to make it back to the camp. But they end up being chased to the same point where Alison died, and they jump in for their lives. Stevie's arm is broken, and she's lost her bag and her diary along the way, but at least she and Nate survive. David happens to spot most of this, jumps into a kayak, and rows out to rescue them. Stevie is so happy to see him. Why didn't he text her? Oh, call her after their fight. She figured he left her already. But no, the storm that knocked out the power earlier flooded his campsite and soaked his phone so he had to move sites and let his phone dry out. He's not terrible after all. Yay! Yay! Good thing, because then Stevie passes out. No. (sighs) Stevie comes to in the hospital. She has all sorts of tests done and learns from Nate that Carson had all their pertinent health care information and has taken care of everything secretly so no parents have to find out what happened. Good? Yeah. As Stevie sits in the hospital, she thinks, foggily, over everything she has learned and then falls asleep, kind of, to blinking lights and the beeps and hums of the hospital machinery. Before drifting off completely, she buzzes for a nurse and asks for a pen. She writes something on her cast and then finally falls asleep. When she wakes, she calls David and asks him to bring her some clothes. Dressing herself is difficult, what with, you know, all the bangs and the bruises and the cuts and scrapes and the broken arm. But she manages, with David's help, to get into the sweats and t-shirt he brought her. Then they leave the hospital without actually being discharged and head back to the woods. Stevie hopes to find things that she lost in the chase. And after some time, she lays down in the grass and makes a plan for what is to happen next. First things first, get Janelle to help her make some crafts. Ooh, crafting montage. (laughs) (laughs) Stevie gathers everyone in town to Carson's Think Jam barn. She's about to blow this case wide open. At this point, you're like, how? How? Hmm. She begins the night revealing that there were not four murder victims in the 70s, but six. And that basically everyone in town is or was lying about something. She first tells about Susan and Paul and Sean the night of the murder and how the guys playing Stairway to Heaven was a lie. And she could tell it was a lie because it was so specific. Everyone said the exact same thing. Paul actually wasn't there. But he wasn't out murdering anyone. (laughs) He was meeting a boy. But it wasn't okay to be gay in the 70s. And Susan knew that since she is also gay and was also gay in the 70s. She covered for Paul because she is a hero and she couldn't let him get in trouble for living his own life. And we all love Susan. Well done, Susan. So she made up that story. And unfortunately, they had to keep it up for so long because of the murders. 
That's not even the interesting stuff, though. It's only the beginning. After revealing this, Staley says that someone shot at her and Nate because of the diary. Then she pulls it out <gasps> and begins to read. Oh my god, twist! Twist! <laughs> twist! <laughs> there is a lot of stuff in the diary because Sabrina really enjoys writing them. But the most important parts start after she breaks up with her good for smothering boyfriend. <laughs> good butt smothering. Not good, good for smothering. smothering. Um, he is really good for smothering. I think we should smother him because he's good for smothering. <laughs> good but smothering. Mm. <laughs> you can keep that in. She breaks up with him in the diary bar and he gets a little stalkery. Now that's the smothering part. It is. Diane, who works in the dairy bar and overheard the breakup, invites Sabrina to eat lunch with her and her boyfriend Todd and their friends Eric and Patty and Greg. They start spending a lot of time together and they go over to Patty's house a lot since it's the biggest and the nicest and it has a pool and a pool house. Yeah, let's go there. Let's go hang out over there. One time, it's just Sabrina and Greg. He says it's fine that they're there. But when Patty's dad comes home with a guest, they quickly hide in the pool house. Maybe not so okay. Patty's dad has an interesting conversation with his guest that switches from English to German. Luckily, Sabrina knows some of the language and can listen in. But then, somehow, she and Greg start kissing. She pushes him off and tries to follow the conversation again. It's very weird. She hears a name, Von Hessen, and some things about following him and how he thought he had been killed by Russians. But then Patty comes home and the guest leaves with plans to return that night for dinner. The next day, there's change at the bottom of the pool and the furniture is all rearranged. Weird. Mm. Things get even weirder for Sabrina after that. She keeps thinking that Mr. Horn is a Nazi and that he killed his guest. She investigates the guest because she overheard where he was staying in town and he's never returned to pay his bill. She finds his phone number and calls, but he never answers. She requests some of the books about the Third Reich from the library and Mr. Horn is there when she goes to pick them up. She says she is reading for college and asks if he did any research to prepare for Harvard. But then she freaks out and returns her library books. Sabrina then tells Eric all about everything, but he thinks she worries too much. Sabrina eventually ends up at camp with all her friends and decides she's going to tell Patty the truth about what happened with Greg. Patty gets so upset that she leaves camp for a day, but comes back and is with Greg again. So maybe everything is okay. Everything will be fine. And then the diary ends because they all die. That's not fine at all. No. Stevie returns to the present and addresses Patty in the audience. She also calls up her friend, Jermaine Batt, from back at Ellingham, who she asked to do some research for her. They share this information on a big screen for everyone to see. Jermaine contacted Harvard and got information on Arnold Horn and his guest, whose name was Wendell Rolfe. 
They went to school together, and then they enlisted in the war together. Wendell came home, honorably discharged, and Arnold did a year or so later. But it wasn't Arnold Horn who came back. It was a Nazi spy named von Hessen, and Wendell recognized him when he saw the picture of the Bicentennial in Life magazine. He came over to the Horn house and was never seen again. When Sabrina revealed everything to Patty about her being in the pool house with Greg that day, and then Patty went home from camp, she told her father what happened. He knew that Sabrina and all those other deadbeat friends of Patty's would ruin everything, so they all had to die. Patty went back to camp and got herself in trouble so she wouldn't be in the woods that night, but her friends would be. And her father killed them. But he had to kill Greg too, because he was in the pool house with Sabrina. How did Patty feel when her father told her he'd have to kill her boyfriend? Stevie then reveals how exactly Greg died and how she figured it out. And here's where Janelle's crafting comes in. She made a model of the football field and where the crash happened. And turning off the lights, she and Stevie mimic the signals sent between Patty and her father. Signals? (laughs) The night in the hospital with the blinking lights got Stevie thinking about Susan saying Patty was flailing around with a flashlight the night Greg died and how there was a bright flash when he crashed. Those lights weren't just lights, but signals. Patty signaled to her father that she was safe at the football field and Greg had just left, and then he shined a brighter light that caused the crash that killed Greg. That's very sneaky, untraceable spy stuff. Stuff that Patty could have learned from her Nazi father and used to kill Allison. (gasps) Twist. Stevie then tells everyone that Patty used ice tinted with food dye from her bakery to cause Allison's death after she learned that she had Sabrina's diary. She probably told Patty all about finding the jar that contained the diary, and, well, Patty couldn't have anyone reading it to find out about her Nazi father. So she put the ice on the point, and Alison slipped right off. No one would discover the ice there because, like Stevie said in the beginning when comparing cake decorating to crime scene investigation, investigators work from the outside in. By the time the police made it to the point, the ice was all melted. But later, Stevie went there and got a big, dark smudge all down her pristine white shirt. Her pristine white shirt that is now evidence for the police. Ooh. Finally, Stevie reveals one more thing. How does she have Sabrina's diary? She lost it when she and Nate were running in the woods away from Patty, who was shooting at them. Well, well. She actually didn't lose it. She put it into a photorealistic bag bag and threw it into the woods before they jumped into the lake. Carson is so going to make a killing with those bag bags. (laughs) 
Oh, yeah. And with the podcast, that is now definitely going to be a TV show. <laughs> Patty nervously laughs all this off. But the detective that Carson introduced Allison to earlier is here and has a warrant for Patty's DNA that will be a familial match to the blood found on Eric's body. The police take her away. Hi. Bye. After everything is over, Stevie, David, Nate, and Janelle sit outside and talk. Nate reveals he's going to work on his book, like, actually write it now. And then Janelle leaves to call her partner Vi and tell him everything that happened. This leaves David and Stevie together to finally talk about him going to England. He decided he's going to do this on his own and not with someone else's money to get back at his dad. Stevie can come along and solve the Jack the Ripper case, maybe? If anybody could, Stevie could. They're fine again and everything is wrapped up in a nice little package. <laughs> oh, is that a box box? I think it's a box box. <laughs> it's a box box. <laughs> Yay for boxes. Yay for boxes. Yay for photographic realistic bag bags. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's wonderful. And right. now. Let's go shopping for some box boxes and bags bags. Yes, let's do. I think it's great. Hi, I'm Michael. I'm Barbara. And I'm Lauren. We are the hosts of Badass Literature Society, a book review podcast where we take book recommendations from listeners like you, read them, and then discuss them on our show. Join us once a month as we dive into the books you picked and talk about them. And don't miss our bonus episodes covering all sorts of random bookish topics that come out in between reviews. Don't worry, if you want to read one of the books, the first part of each episode is designated spoiler-free, so you can listen and see if you'd like to read it, and then come back and listen to the rest later. You can find Badass Literature Society on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, and anywhere else you like to listen. Now, back to the show. All right, we're back from our break. Um, did you buy all the box boxes? I bought every single box box known to man. Every single variety. Do you know what? Mm. I bought a special box box and it said surprise on the inside and when I opened it and it said surprise on the inside Constance came out the best kind of box surprise <laughs> one with Constance inside so we had to invite Constance to chat with us a little bit because she is the baker and Claire and I are the librarians, so it makes yes. perfect sense. She has no no political affiliations with anybody. So I am German, and I'm sorry. <laughs> mm, are you a Nazi? No, I'm just German and, and blonde and, and blue eyed. That that's that's all. Oh, did it get me? I'm sorry. I was just born this way. The only affiliation she has is with cake. Yes, yes, and that's fine. And bread. Yes. She is a spiteful baker. Yes. <laughs> I am. Okay, so. She'll box you up a cake of four spites. She will. Oh, it's perfect. Okay, so standout moments. What did we love about this book? The boxes. <laughs> yes. I loved... And this kind of goes into 
my favorite character type feel. I love, I love how the instant we met her, I was just like, you're the baker. I'm a baker. I love you. You're my favorite character. Oh, wait. She's going to be the bad guy, isn't she? She's going to be the bad guy. (laughs) That is exactly what you texted us. Yes. Word for word. Yes. Yes. Exactly the message you sent. And I was right. Last summer when we talked about this book (laughs) and we had plans to cover it, we Mm -hmm. had this huge text conversation. And Claire and I had already finished it and Constance starts it and she's like, oh, it's the baker. The baker. The baker's the killer. The baker's a Nazi. The baker's a killer. Yep. And I'm just like, I love this character. Oh, wait, that means she's a bad guy. Dang it. (laughs) I like the argument that you were like, but she's a baker. She can't be bad. And then we're like, but bakers can be bad people too. They can. They can. can. And the librarians are always the heroes. Always. (laughs) You walk around with a Box of boxes being heroes. Did you say box of boxes? You have boxes, boxes in your pockets, is little hobbit. Yes, <laughs> they're my precious. Precious. <laughs> oh man, you you can't prove that I don't sit here and stroke books all day next to me. You were mm. already stroking books. You stroked books last time, and it was weird. <laughs> anyway, yes, that's on brand. <laughs> yes. Um, do you know, do you know what my favorite part was? What? What? When Susan made up the story for Paul. Yes. I love that. Like, it was so sweet. And she's like, okay, just go in there and tell them all that you were playing Stairway to Heaven. And now they have to tell everyone that they were playing Stairway to Heaven for the rest of their lives. (laughs) Yes. And the funny thing is, dude can't play Stairway to Heaven. <laughs> no, that song's like three hours long. Yep. Do you have to smash your guitar afterwards or something as well? That's the reason. Do, and he's never. That's the reason they chose that song because no one's going to ask him, hey, play that Stairway to Heaven that you spent all night practicing. He's like, nope. I would be that person though. I was in Dis- Walt Disney World in Frontierland and there was like the cowboy band and they were like do you have any requests and I asked them to play Stairway to Heaven. They refused so they played me Rawhide instead. That's much more cowboy appropriate. Well I mean it was my second request because it was literally the only cowboy song I could think Good. My favourite bit was the fact that Nate was in a bit more and we gotta learn and see like his relationship with Stevie develop a bit and I really appreciated that, and I and really like Nate as a character. Oh yeah, I mean Nate... I liked him before, but yeah. like he, he really stepped up. Nate's my favorite. He's just so full of sarcasm. Yes, all the time. I love him. He's the best. He is. I relate to Nate. I'm sure you do as well, Amanda. Like just you know, you want to be in your treehouse, yes. surrounded by your books. Yeah, that was my yes. other favorite part. I love the treehouse library. Yeah. I wish it was real. But it smells amazing as well. It probably does. I love especially when Nate starts talking about anything and he's just so dry and awkward. And then he's talking about being murdered at summer camp and how Jason Voorhees is responsible for everything. And he's just just the best. And I love him. 
he is made of sarcasm and and wit. He is a box of sarcasm. He is, and I appreciate that with everything in me. I think out of all of the characters, he is the one that you can really, you know, you know when you know when he gets told you have to actually be a counselor for a bit, and he's like, no, <laughs> we just want to live in the library treehouse an influencer. And Yes. No. Yes. Not, oh, the influencer guy. Oh, but oh my God. When he shoves the whole hot dog bun in his mouth and Stevie goes, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite. Yeah. It's all hashtag cringe. Oh. Just Carson oh. in general. Cringe. Oh, Carson. Carson. Oh, oh. This is This is where we have our... Our think jams yeah. and our bounce house. Yeah. And I saw box boxes. Box boxes. And there's these photorealistic bag bags that I'm going to start selling with my box boxes. I don't know if it should be called bog bags. Bog bags. <laughs> box bag or bag box. Or... Oh my god. Bag bog. So, how, how can you be this like vegan hippie? I'm such an asshole. Um, I like kind of um, you know, hand in hand cap- a bit. <laughs> well, no, he's oh. a capitalist hippie. That doesn't work. Well, he it drives a Tesla. He's obsessed with Elon Musk. Oh. I mean, that that is a that's a tick in the bag box. That's that that's in the bag box or the bad the box? box. Oh, another thing I loved <laughs> was how the baker used her baking skills to help with the murder and I'm just like hell yeah we have skills yeah. so what you're telling it me it can is be used for evil the did a, a peter yes yes <laughs> she peter malarked that ice yes, cube she did she peter malarked the ice cube yes <laughs> we bakers we can be used we can do good and evil yeah I really feel like Constance that you need to make us something out of ice colored with your food colorings i can do something um i can figure something out it's your challenge it's your challenge okay you have to do it yeah i don't have a big bake today so i can finagle something okay don't murder anyone though that is not what we are asking you to do right now no for, for legal reasons, we are not asking you to participate <laughs> in any illegal activities in any way, shape, or form. Yep. Oh. For legal reasons, I will not be watching Bridgerton season two whilst at work. Maybe. <laughs> we are not talking about that right now. Oh my god, we're talking about box boxes. Yes, all the box boxes. <laughs> okay, we'll we'll box that conversation for later. Anywho, how good was it that this entire book had that massive summer camp feel of the 1970s, even in modern day, but wrapped up in a delicious murder mystery? And I was waiting for that sweet, sweet Hercule Poirot moment at the end. It was just... amazing it was amazing yes it was wonderful and like you know it was gonna happen we've seen we've seen stevie get prepared for her end of book lengthy speeches (laughs) and you knew it was going to be really great when she's laying there after you know laying there in the woods planning what's going to happen next and you know she's just found that bag bag with the diary in it and so she just lays down and she's like looking up at the stars and she's thinking 
I have to get Janelle to make a tiny model of the town. Crafting time. Craft time. Yes. Janelle, grab your hot Amanda, you are Janelle. <laughs> Janelle's already there wielding too. <laughs> I feel like I am Janelle mixed with Nate. Yes. Yes. I've got a little bit of Nate mixed in. We all have a little Nate yeah. mixed in. We all we all have a little bit of Nate on the inside. We're all a little bit Nate. Yes. And we all <laughs> want to just be in that treehouse library and just be like, no people, no yes, people, no do. people. Yes, we do. Avoid work. Yes, no people. <laughs> no people at all. Ugh. No people. <gasps> box fort. Yes. We could make a box know. fort with all of our box, box, it? boxes. Hey, Dylan works at UPS. I can get a lot of boxes. Get a lot of boxes for our box, box fort. Yes. <laughs> Man, a box, box fort. <laughs> Oh, what else? What else is great? Have we said how much of an asshat Carson is? Yes. I mean, we've, I've, I've said how yeah. he's a hippie capitalist. That doesn't make sense. Putting the surprise on the wall and making shit up to go in the podcast. Oh, yeah, that uncool, was gross. That which was gross. just highlights Stevie's principles and how she demands that what they do, it's done for the right reasons. Yes. And that she's going to investigate it sensitively. And she says that as well at that awkward barbecue mixer thing Ugh. and when he puts her on the spot and she's like listen you know what i'm doing it to find the murderer yeah. to get closure for people not to be famous to get podcasts out of it i'm doing it for the right reasons and i really really respect that yeah. the fact that we're on book four of the adventures of stevie bell and she hasn't deteriorated into some kind of murderer yeah as she pointedly refers to another series that we've recently finished covering on the podcast. Oh, man. Do you know what's funny? Wait, hold on. Hold on. Her name is Stevie Bell, and it was Jason Bell who is the murderer in that (gasps) series that we're not going to talk about. They're related. Maybe they're related. They're related. American cousin. Unless it's the American version and they're just cousins. She's a regular cousin. Oh my god. It's links and ties. The red string is being stretched and pinned. Time to set up your murder board, Claire. Get out your yarn. I mean, you're saying set it up in the past in the future sense? It's already set up. It's a thing. Here's one I prepared. That'd be so sweet. I wish that you could have done that. It would have been really I'm good. I'm going to make one up and just have it underneath my desk. Yes. So I can pull it out at the opportune moments. <laughs> what about this Yes. One? I have my ice thing. Uh, you have your murder board. That's your challenge. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And Amanda, and you I'll... have to make the football field. Okay. Done. Yes. Done. We have our assignments, people. <laughs> Oh, mm, let's see. What else? What else do I love? I love how, like, awkward Stevie and David's whole thing is. Yes. And they, like, they're sneaking around and banging all the time because that has to happen at summer camp. Yeah. And, but then, oh, but then that one scene where they're in the cabin and Nicole comes in and she's like, what is going on? But Janelle was already there, and Janelle Janelle just opens the door and goes yeet, and then closes the door and leaves. But then she gets so upset with Stevie, like, um, hi, 
if you had not been doing what you're doing without telling me, which you should have, you would have known that Nicole was on her way and you were going to get your ass busted. But, you know, maybe tell me next time. Maybe put a sock on the door. Because I would have done that for you. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe put a box on the doorknob. No, you need to put a bag on the doorknob. Yeah. A box box bag? Yeah. Yes. A bag bag. A bag bag. Mm-hmm. The box box bag God, bag. I love that scene. I love that scene where Nate is talking about box box bag 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 box. I love it. You said box seven times in that one paragraph. I know I did. It was such a good paragraph. Oh, God. I'll hail the box. It's not like I didn't write the summary that way on purpose, everyone. <laughs> Spoiler alert, I wrote box as many times as I could. And go through and go, my paragraph, class paragraph, my paragraph, I'm getting the boxes. You know what this book is missing? The box ghost. What? The box ghost. The box ghost? Yes. Danny Phantom, there's a box ghost. No Danny Phantom. I don't know that. I need to research. You're just saying box ghost now. Um, I'm that, okay that's with the box next for real. That's the next I tease Dylan all my husband all the time about him being the box ghost because he works at UPS and he's surrounded by all the boxes. And I'm just like, you are the box ghost. And he has like a Boston accent. It's it's hilarious. <laughs> I've heard I'm... of the hat box ghost. I don't know that either. I don't know of it's, any box ghosts. It's the, in Disney, you know, the fan, I say Phantom Manor because that's the, the French version. Um, the Haunted Mansion in Disney World, there was, a, sorry, in Disneyland originally, there was a ghost called the Hatbox Ghost because his head was in a hatbox and he got taken out and now he's back. It, it, he's like one of these. He, he's a, if you're a Disney file, it, it's a, no. you, you'll understand. No. No. Stop talking about that. Let's talk about something no, else. Because um, it means I can say a hatbox. <laughs> you can say box a thousand more times. <laughs> Box, box. <laughs> okay, I sent... Oh. This is, this is going to get very irritating. I sent a link to a box ghost uh, video in, in our chat. Excellent. So you get Thank some you. box ghost fun Excellent. after this. <laughs> I love it. All right, so um, favorite character? Baker and Nate. Baker and Nate. Patty. You like Patty? Yeah. The murdersome baker? Yeah. I liked her, which made her the killer, but I also like Nate because his aversion to people and just wanting to live in the library treehouse. Yeah. I love how you're saying aversion to people and you're looking around in the public space. Oh, no, I'm in a corner now. After that last thing of cookies came out of the oven, there's nothing in the oven right now. I went into a corner. I was only up front so I could keep an eye on it. Now that I'm not, I'm just like, back corner. No one can see me. No one can deal with me. With a fresh cookie. Yes, Constance is not currently at work recording a podcast on work time. Nope. For legal not. reasons. For legal nobody reasons, nobody is, is currently working. Currently working within their office hours. I mean, I'm not. It's quarter past 12 at night. Uh, yeah, it's, it's I too finished late to at 3 o'clock this too. afternoon. I work <laughs> 3 p.m. to 11 p.m. I hate day shift. <sighs> Mm. I haven't done that since I was 20. Yeah, I don't. Mm-mm. No. Anywho, what's your anyway. favorite character? What's your favorite? Who's your what? favorite character? Nate. Nate. 
Nate. Nate a thousand times Nate. Yeah. Also, Janelle. Um, I really like Janelle, but I kind of felt like she was too absorbed. into a corner. She was too absorbed with Vi this time. Mm. And her like, crafts. I know that... Well, there's nothing wrong with being obsessed with crafts. Okay. Yeah. But... Just every time, like, they were talking about doing anything, she's like, well, I have to go text Vi. I have to go text Vi. And, like, yeah, we know that your sweet partner is out of the country, and you are lonely, and you are sad, and you miss them. But there's a murder afoot, mm-hmm. okay? Do you know what, though? Janelle wasn't there to solve the murder. Janelle was Janelle there, was was there to make crafts. With Stevie. She was there to craft. She yeah. was there to be distracted while Vi was out of the country. Yeah. And I didn't mind her going and making these periodic calls with Vi because it took her out of the story enough for her to actually be saying, well, she's not there, she's busy doing that. And that's why Stevie ended up with Nate so much, ah. solving the crime, being the Scooby gang of yes. two. Because yes. otherwise, I think the dynamic, if it was a Scooby gang of three, would have been too much. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It would have confused matters. So I think it was a convenient way of nicely just getting Janelle off to one, having her in there, but just getting off to one side. And if there is, hopefully, fingers crossed, a fifth book, it might be that Janelle is the one that steps up a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Well, and, you know, she's had a lot to do in the original trilogy. And yeah. she played a very big part in this one as well. So she was still in it enough, but. Yes. Her crafts saved the day. You know, running around. Her crafts did in... save the day. Exactly. She just wasn't, you know, having a bonding moment in the dead woman's house. <laughs> right. And then being shot at. Yes. My bad. Sorry. Yes. Stop How it. dare Baker's you man. shoot at us? Baker's. Okay. I have two favorite characters as well. Okay. One of whom is Nate. Obviously. Obviously. The second one is Lucas. You did not name in the summary because Lucas is the kid who pesters poor Nate enough for Nate to be actually, you know, spurring him into writing the other book. And it was like, yeah. He's described as the kid who's going to misery Nate. Yes. Yes. And I think I paused the audiobook at that point just to have a a chuckle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yes, all hail Lucas. Yes, I love it. <laughs> yeah. We would be the same way with an author that wasn't getting stuff out and being all PC cast or posting at least a book or two a year and just be like, we, we yeah. want the book, we, we want it now. It, what's going on is, this is my fan fiction with your series. Is it going to be like this? Is this inspiring you? Gimme, 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 gimme. Yeah. Every Send me the pre-order link. Yes, every time Claire and I talk to an author, we're like, "So, are you going to use that in your next book? <laughs> so, are you going to include that? Are you going to?" Yes. It's the same like with Jackson Ford. I swear to God, if there is not someone with a superpower that involves their hair growing and murdering people, then I'm going to be very upset. Yes. Then you're going to specifically mutate that power and go. And... I am. <laughs> I'm going to revenge. send my hair after him. Yes. It's going to happen. It has to happen. It, it, it's written down now. That's why I'm growing all my hair out. That's why it's so long. It's it's to murder people with, apparently. <laughs> For legal reasons. Amanda For legal reasons. Any murders, violence, or other illegal activities with her hair or otherwise. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for, for saying that. Surprise! 
So we're going to open the box of surprises. Yes, the surprise box has surprise been opened. Box, Constance, what's the hair? <laughs> surprise strikes in Florida, it's hair. Hooray! Um, you know, not, not, this isn't really a surprise, I guess, but I thought that Stevie got shot. Yeah, didn't she? She got shot at. No, she didn't actually, she did get shot at, yes, a million billion times, but I thought that she actually got shot, and then it seems that she did not get shot. No, I don't so remember that that surprised me that I thought that she got shot and that she didn't get shot. She did um, because her arm her arm broke. You know, like that in, was the, in the fall. Right, yeah. Fall, but in my head, I was thinking she got shot in the arm, and that's yeah, that's what I like thought when too. She jumped off the edge. Now maybe she arm, had cardboard oh. box protection, cardboard armor. Maybe yeah, maybe she. Did. The box boxes are so Mine's... strong it can just pr- protect you from bullets. Yes. Yes. It's true. It's a fact. High quality box boxes. Check the Wikipedia. My surprise. Nazis? Yes, I was also surprised by Nazis. (laughs) I was not expecting the Nazi twist. Yeah, me either. I mean, there's one point of his that thinks I've watched enough Indiana Jones movies that I should expect Nazis. But at the same time, not in summer camp horror. I know, Um, right? (laughs) I mean, I knew it was going to be the basis, but when the Nazi thing got in, it was like, where did this come from? What? What? You get whiplash, don't you? That was a little. That was literal whiplash. Yeah. But it wasn't a welcome twist. No. No. no it was, it was very well done. Up. Oh yeah. Exactly. It was all set up that there was something hinky going on, but you didn't necessarily know specifically what it was. But it was there. Yeah. You know, the mentions of the world of the war. The mm-hmm. mentions of Germany being a spy coming back different. It, not it wanting your picture taken. Yeah. Okay, to be fair, in there. defense of that, from the, the baker, from the whole thing, sometimes you just don't like your picture taken. I mean, that's exactly. true. I don't. Exactly. And that, again, it's fair. But yeah, Nazis. Yep. And I was like, Nazis? Okay. <laughs> We're going down the Nazi room. I really like that, though, because it wasn't a 1978 masked summer camp murderer. It was Nazis. (laughs) Of course it was. And, like, you're expecting it because they say multiple times throughout the text, there were serial killers everywhere in the 70s, man. Everyone was a serial killer. Or Nazis. Yeah, both. Serial killing Nazis. Exactly. Hey. That's that's what happened. That's what did it. Hey. And I'm the next generation. What Constance, what was your surprise? The Nazis. <laughs> the Nazis. That's what shocked me. Because I, I guess majority of everything I knew because I loved the baker so much that she was going to be the killer, and I just yes, of course. But the Nazi thing, and I figured out it was the dad doing it. Like I guessed that much. Like. I figured it was all connected. I just didn't really get how. And then the Nazis came out, and I'm just like, I did not see that coming. What the? Yep. Nazis ruined everything. Mm-hmm. And um, the the thing with Paul and the Stairway to Heaven stuff, like, mm, they yeah. were lying about something. I just wasn't sure. And then it was a heartwarming 
um, secret. Yes. Like I, that was it's such a good the secret. Good yes, I was expecting yes. something dark and just like something else was going on. Maybe something involving drugs, or there was something kinky, kinky. Yeah, not kinky. Yeah. Maybe yeah. kinky. Um, I mean, it could have been kinky. Yeah. It could have been. It was kinky. We probably. don't. We don't kink shame. <laughs> exactly. Um, and, well, in a way, it kind of was kinky, but still. <laughs> it was. But still, I thought it was something like bad, kinky going on. But no, it was no. heartwarming, and it was protecting this queer teenage boy. And I, I love that. I love that something else was going on on the side that they were lying about but it wasn't something bad. It surprised me, and it was a happy surprise. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Spend the entire time hoping that those twists aren't going to be all bad, and I think that's one of the good things about Maureen Johnson's writing, that when she throws these curveballs and these twists and these potential red herrings at you, they're not always leading to bad times. Yeah. And this is this one's like you know you know with the nazis being the bad guys in every sense of the word and then it's actually you know the the lies are to protect members of the lgbtq plus community who the nazis freaking hate it kind of like you know a lie might be a bad thing but actually sometimes you know the lie helps to protect people yeah and i like that i did i like that Oh, another thing that surprised me, Sabrina, how, like, much she caught on to everything. Like, most teenagers, they would see what happened and be like, eh, that's weird, and go on doing their thing. But she was just like, hmm, this is very sus. She was the Stevie Bell of the 70s. Yeah. yeah. Like, I wonder what she would have accomplished in her life had she not been brutally murdered yep. and shoved into a box. She would have solved the Ellingham case. <laughs> she might have. She would be Stevie's mentor. She could be. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. Shout out again. I know we've already said while we're doing the summary how much we enjoy Kate Rudd's narration. Yes. But another shout out to her because she does Stevie so well and, you know, the socially awkward, um, sometimes withdrawn, like, mentally and or physically wanting to withdraw she can do that so well in her voice yeah and it may- stevie's a very relatable character for i think every single one of oh, us yeah. because she's quite introverted um and it just it's just a fantastic narration it's just done perfectly absolutely perfectly so another shout out to Kate Rose. yes yeah she's amazing she did so good she did. she did. Especially the son of a bitch line. Yeah. Which is my favorite line. <laughs> That's in your favorite quote, isn't it? You know, actually, I don't think I did put it in my favorite quotes because it's just son of a bitch. Like, does that count? Yeah. yeah. No, it has to. It's one of the best parts of the book. I don't... To be fair, how often do we put the favorite quotes inside the summary in our conversations as well? Very just many to, times, yeah. yes. Multiply the amount of times we can get the quotes in there. Yes, <laughs> yes. It's not like we plan things out in advance. <laughs> we don't have a script. No, what? No. We lie by the box of our pants. Hey, what was your least favorite part of the book? Oh, that's a good question. Hmm. Ooh. Nicole. Yeah. Nicole? 
well, Carson being an asshat, I hated him, but it had to be part of the story. But I hated the Nicole character because she was like, you can't do this, Stevie. You're not allowed to do this, Stevie. And it's like, Stevie's there, not as an active counsellor, but to solve the mystery. Yeah, that but... That is her sole purpose for being there. The boss and owner of the camp has literally authorised this and is making her yeah. her way for this. So can you just shut up? Exactly. But see, I also appreciated her wanting to keep the children safe. Yes. Oh, no, I get that. I get so, that, but Stevie is allowed to leave the camp to go to perform her investigation. Yep. That's true. Yeah. Um, David coming onto camp is bad. Oh, yeah. He shouldn't yeah. have entered. He wasn't a registered guest. He wasn't, you know, that I get that safety aspect. But Stevie should also be, you know, allowed to have carried out her investigation yeah. by leaving the camp and not be told, you know, you're out. Because the, the, the literal bosses got her there for that sort of purpose. Yes. Um, I think... That was, my, that was my least favorite. I think maybe my least favorite is... I don't want to say Stevie and David's relationship because I love Stevie and David's relationship and I love that, like, he's trying to tell her things. He's trying to communicate with her. But she was so wrapped up in what she was working on, like, she wasn't focused on what he was saying. And then she realizes and then she gets crushed and then she gets upset. But I didn't like that she got so upset with him wanting to leave and do other things. Oh, yeah. She just wanted him to stay there in the background the entire time. Yeah. She doesn't deal well with change, though, does she? No. And and that is a mid And she doesn't communicate. And she's so hyper-focused over one thing that when she does realise and she, then she starts hyper-focusing about him leaving. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the way our brain works. Yeah. But then he didn't leave, and his phone just got soaked, and he was still there, and he rescued her from the yeah. lake, and you were like, oh, David's a hero. We love David. She lost logical thought, so I, I can get where you, you, you're coming from. Like, she just didn't think through, well, did he leave, leave, or... Yeah, because that, that's so out of his character. Oh, yeah. He wouldn't just he wouldn't just abandon her. No. no. Can I say that it's I would good. take the spite money just to get back at my dad uh, for school is like I don't mind. I'll, I'll take this for my education, this spitefulness and be like, if you dad. Yeah, well, it's because you you're the spiteful, spiteful baker. baker. <laughs> exactly. Spite is in my title. <laughs> I just... Everyone, please go and go to our Redbubble shop and buy the spiteful baker items. Yes. Um, I just, I thought Stevie kind of overreacted. I mean, I see where she was coming from. I, I can see it. But I think she overreacted to, like, David telling her all like this. Because, hey, if you have the opportunity for someone to pay for your schooling, don't turn your nose up at it. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. And just like, okay, so you want the person be to be in debt for majority of their life or has someone else paid for it that also pisses off your dad that's a win-win right there yeah you should I be will point out that english education is a heck of a lot cheaper than oh god yeah there's no question about that but i think like she should have been obviously it's okay for her to be upset but she should have been proud of him for like taking a new opportunity and 
trying to do something. Yeah. She turned it into a situation about her and not She about did. Her. Yeah. She did. And I didn't like that. Yeah. Normal people but I love get Stevie this and... opportunity. Oh. And... <laughs> yeah. Stevie could use some mindful communication, like, lessons. Yeah. I didn't like when she was, like, feeling sorry for herself and, oh, yeah, my poor, you know rich boyfriend is going to be so sad and he's going to be given all of this money poor poor pitiful david like no he's not rich though his dad is rich he's being cut off he's yeah. literally having to work all the hours he can get now and he's worried about being able to afford his education yeah you know and th- if, it's just essentially what he's been given is an easier scholarship yeah yeah that pisses oh, off his dad. I have a question. A spiteful scholarship. Yes. Oh, the fictional hangover, spiteful scholarship. Yes. If only we had any money, we could provide a spiteful scholarship to someone. But we have this. no money. We. No I love money. this. Um, Join our Patreon so we can have something. Yeah, so we can give you a spiteful scholarship. Um, Constance, I have a question for you. Okay. And... Claire, I'm sorry that I have to exclude you from this question, but it is very Southern American. Yeah. Let's see if I can interpret. (laughs) Okay, we're ready. Constance, what do you think David got to eat and or purchase in the shop when he was at Cracker Barrel? What is a Cracker Barrel? Oh. It's a very southern restaurant. So much southern food. And it has a shop in the front with tacky trinkets yes. and clothes and it's so much I, stuff. I, 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 is, is it like the southern version of Hard Rock Cafe but, you know, cheap? Because yeah. you know how Hard Rock Cafe like always has that, the, the gift shop. You've got to enter. Oh, no, kind of. Yeah, like you can't enter the restaurant before going through the gift shop. You have to go yeah. through the gift shop. Yeah. Um, so what do you think, what do you think he ate? Fried chicken. <laughs> Your I was, I was actually going to say chicken fried steak and mac and cheese. Mm, okay. Yeah. Unless, Is that what you get when you go to Cracker Barrel? Oh God, I hate Cracker Barrel. No. <laughs> Or um, if it's... I love Cracker Barrel. Barrel. Cracker Barrel. Sponsor the podcast so we can give away this podcast. I got burnt out on it because my grandmother loves Cracker Barrel. Like, any chance we get, she wants to go to Cracker Barrel. And I'm just like, God. I I will eat the mac and cheese. But I'm just like, I, I think chicken fried steak and mac and cheese, unless it's breakfast. And then he's getting the pancakes. Yes. I'm blocked from the Cracker Barrel website. Why are you blocked from the Cracker Barrel website? Southern only. Just the request is blocked. That's hilarious. I think that he would have bought one of those tins of potato chips that's out in front too. And like, um, or some like weird jars of candy. You know the the flavored uh, peppermint sticks that they're not peppermint, but they have uh, tutti frutti and blueberry. Yes, he, he gets yes. one of those. Yeah, or the rock candy. Oh my god! Yeah, rock candy. You, you have, yeah. We get we have candy rock in the UK. It, it's like sugar. Might be the same thing. It's crystallized sugar it's on a just stick. Crystallized sugar yeah. on a stick. This is just yeah. a stick with rock. Candy. It's just a pure stick. 
and 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 if you go to like um blackpool or and like a, a a seaside resort they have like the words printed all the way through oh no, no this is different it actually looks like rock it's crystal we've made some um as a program at mm-hmm. the library it's really fun to make we're making it at culinary it while, school too oh cool yeah, it, it's pretty much just I sugar i saw a twitter thing where they were talking about kendall kendall mint cake and kendall mint cake is basically you know like peppermint um it's just basically a hard block of peppermint that the make hikers use or in the military it's super sweet and they just take a little bit and it kind of gives you that extra because it's just pure sugar and um it gives you like that energy boost short-term energy boost Mm. but it freshens your breath because the mint is so strong and there's um edinburgh rock which is like that looks like chalk you know like chalky chalkboard chalk mm-hmm. or big chunky street chalk you'd use to draw on the on the sidewalk it's like that but it's actually ridiculously delicious <laughs> well so now we know constance that we have to send claire some rock candy yes. i need to send you some edinburgh rock and some <laughs> candy rock yes okay I'm trying to still trying to find the Cracker Barrel menu. It's not even letting me look at the. the we'll, we'll take a screenshot and put it in the chat. We will. Mm-hmm. We definitely will do that. Okay. Does that bring us to time for Would You Rather and time to say goodbye to Constance so she can get back to work and not get fired because she was recording a podcast while but she was supposed to be working? For legal reasons, Constance is not at work. <laughs> it's outside her of her, her her employed hours. She's in her own time. Yeah. I can maybe do one. For Would you rather reasons. question? I think I can do one. Do, do you want to do the first one? With yeah. That's true. We already do have your response to the first one. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Yeah. You, you already have my answer. Yes. I don't remember the question <laughs> or what I said, but you got it. You have it. It's talking about going to camp. Would you rather go to camp in 1978 or present day? Oh, yeah. I wanted to... I want to do present day so I can have my switch and episodes of fictional hangover with them. Yes. That was a really good response. Thank you. We're glad that you gave that response. <laughs> it was because fictional hangover is the only podcast that anyone should listen to. Exactly. Because of the podcasts? It's a lot. It's a vicious Well, room. yeah, because I just want to spend spread by nuts. I want to spend all my time in the tree library with my switch and my phone while playing on my switch and listening to fictional hangover. That's all I want to do. Yep. It's perfect. Outside. It's perfect. Doing all that stuff? No, thank you. Mm-mm. No, there's too many bugs. Yes. All right. <laughs> okay. Thanks for joining us, Constance. Thank we love you. you. We love you guys, too. That spiteful baker out. Oh, I'm so glad that Constance was able to join us for a little while on her um, day off where she was not working. No, she wasn't working at all. No, no, not at all. Okay, so let's re-ask that first question because we didn't get all the stats. (laughs) Okay, we asked on social media, would you rather be at summer camp in 1978? Or present day. On Facebook, it was 67% for 1978. On Instagram, everybody's in present day with 53%. On 
On Twitter, it was 75% for the 70s. And TikTok, just, just, just so close. 51% so close. So close. But we had another good, like, almost 500 votes again on TikTok. Amanda is getting better at TikToking. Are we getting TikTok famous yet? No. No. But it's getting there. No, not at all. Not at all. We're not at all TikTok famous yet. <laughs> Let's look at the comments. Yes, let us indeed do that. Twaxy underscore TikTok on TikTok said, if you go to the 1978 one, you're going to get murdered for real. <laughs> to which Strawberry Pancakes replied, that's the point. <laughs> Yep, that is exactly the point. Uh, Ripper0517 on TikTok said, at least 1978 would put me in a good movie. Yes, it would. And you would probably get murdered in the movie. We did. (laughs) Bree on Facebook said, present day, shirt patterns and hairstyles aren't eye gouging. And in case of emergency, there's better technology available. Oh, look at Brie being so smart. <laughs> She's so practical. Annie on Facebook said, I could do a do-over of the summer of 1978. And any mention of summer camps reminds me of that 90s movie, Indian Summer, and the one character who spends the entire movie walking around saying, Tiny, 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 I remember this being bigger. <laughs> Drew on Facebook said, I think I am the nerdy friend who survives energy. So, take me back to 1978. Oh, yes. Drew's going to be the nerdy one, the only one who survives. She's the last girl. She's the final girl. She's the one who's going to suffer all the trauma. Yeah. The mental trauma and distress. Yeah. Um, Colin on Facebook says, Modern day for me. There's less serial killers at summer camps these days and more band camp style shenanigans. Ugh. Oh, I don't know. I think it, I think if I had to go to band camp, I would rather go to summer camp in the nineteen seventy in the nineteen seventies and possibly get murdered. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> Though, if you recently watched the Fear Street movies, the second one set summer camp in the seventies, and yeah. there was more witches and magic. Than but you know what? Murder. Still serial killers. There's still murder. Still murder. Yeah. Still. Oh, and we already got Constance's response. That was a good response, especially because she said that she was going to listen to Fictional Hangover. So I appreciate that. Yes. I shared this at the library as well. (laughs) I get some really good comments from the library. (laughs) Yes, you sent me them and I do have a favorite. So one person said, man, the 70s had quite a few serial killers and some cult activity. And... Some camp murders. I'll go with present day. (laughs) I'm glad that everyone knows that you get murdered at summer camp in 1978. We also have modern day. Things seem to be more structurally sound. Also, I'm a girl, so the 70s really ain't where it's at. (laughs) And then (laughs) the best one is... Present day, because 70s men's shorts did not leave enough to the imagination. 
<laughs> to which someone replied, this is why I go to the 70s. With a winky. It's the winky that gets it. I love my library. <laughs> such a good place. Oh, Bunch of weirdos and I love them. I know. It's a wonderful place. It's a wonderful place. So what are you doing? I like the modern conveniences of the modern world. But 1978 serial killers, hmm. I mean... history. History. Yeah, that's why you go there. I never even went to camp when I was at school. No, I never went to summer camp either. I did go to church camp a couple of times, and I don't want to talk about that because it was church camp. But, um, yeah. Stairway camps isn't a thing in the UK, really. I mean, it might be now a bit more, but it was never a thing when I was mm. growing up. Um, If you got to go to camp like this, it was with... Um, the Cubs slash Scouts or the um, Brownies. Yeah. And I refused point blank to join the Brownies. Yeah. Um, and the couple of times at school they did the a week away at certain local campsites and stuff. But I saw that as a week away from my bullies, so I stayed at school. Thank you very mm, much. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I haven't done any of that, so it just it just doesn't interest me. So I suppose. If I go back to 1978, at least it might make things a little bit more interesting. Yeah. Short shorts. Short shorts. It's the short shorts. That's why we're all at the camp in 1978. Yeah. I would be the, the, the fat friend who gets killed straight away, though. Mm. Sorry. Oh. Yeah, I'd probably die, too. Because Drew's the only one who can survive. We've already had this this talk. Yeah. Yeah, would the serial killer think to look in the the treehouse library mm. in the box fort that I will be building? No, I don't think they're thinking about the box fort. Right, because I'll go nineteen seventy eight, and I'm going to go and hide in a box fort in the treehouse library. Yes, yes, sounds great. I'll be there too. Let's go together. Let's build a box fort. Excellent. With box, box, boxes. With box, box, boxes. Yes. Mint. All right. Next question. Next question. Would you rather be known for solving one cold case or for writing one book? Writing one book. Same. Same. Because yeah. what if it's a really great book that then gets turned into a movie or, or a, a TV, TV show? show. Or gets adapted a million times and people use it for their inspiration. Yes. And imagine people cosplaying it. Yes. And, you know, just, yeah. I don't know. It just it feels nicer than the cold case. Yeah. I mean, if I'm solving the Jack the Ripper case, beyond any, you know, it, it, it would, you know, 100%, this is it. This is the, all the evidence. There is no doubt at all. You know, there's loads of those type of cool cases, and yeah. that would be cool. Yeah. Not some random little. Sorry to all people who have cool cases involved, but not some random little thing. It'd have to be. It'd have to be a big thing. I mean, the Ellingham case was yeah. really big. Exactly, something of that that nature. Yeah. But no, I think writing that one book. There's so many people have wrote one book, and it's been pivotal and groundbreaking. It doesn't have yeah. to be. 
the next great novel but if it can impact somebody in a positive way that would be cool yeah and if it gets featured on fictional hangover the only podcast mm-hmm. it ha- oh my book has to turn into an audiobook yes to have an audiobook. yes so, narrated by me mm. sorry it's fine okay i want mates rates what mates rates mates rates yeah. oh yeah i won't charge you friend discount yes mates rates <laughs> mates rates was... sorry did i go excessively british he did again? it was excessively british excellent Shrug. <laughs> excessively british next... tm tm next question would you rather constantly listen to led zeppelin or fleetwood mac okay is it Stairway to Heaven over and over and over again? Because no. No, you can go through the back catalogue. Okay. The full disco- disco- discography. I can't say the word. Okay. The full back catalogue. <laughs> I still think I'm going to go with Fleetwood Mac. Because <laughs> I like Fleetwood Mac better than Led Zeppelin. Yeah, Sam. I think Fleetwood Mac is something you could probably listen to more constantly than Yeah. Led Zeppelin. Yeah. I like... They've got range. Yeah, they do. I mean, Led Zeppelin is also good, but... Oh, gosh, yeah. But, yeah, Fleetwood Mac, I think, for me, is... It's the way you gotta go. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Because there's so many good songs. Which album was it that she was listening to? I have no idea. I don't remember either. Remember. But, like... I feel like I have to mention um, Rhiannon... Because, I mean, that's a really, really, really good Fleetwood Mac song. But also, um, there's something about Brie, superfan Brie and Rhiannon. I think I think Brie is a shortened version of her name. And so it's very similar to Rhiannon. And then we talked about it one time, and then I told her that it made me think of Fleetwood Mac. So, Was it Man of the World? I've just Googled Fleetwood Mac 1978 album. I don't know. It probably wasn't the 78 one. It was probably the one before that. Well... I th- it was probably uh, rumors that came out in '77 because I feel mm. like because I feel like she talked about listening to Landslide and Landslide was on that album. Yes, yes, and that's such a good song too. So clearly, we're listening to Fleetwood Mac. Yes, clearly done. Fleetwood Mac done, dusted. Let's put that in the box box. Put it in the box Rap- box with the bag bag. With a bag bag, wrap it in the bag bag, rog. Yes. Next question. Done. Without being murdered. <laughs> Thanks for that caveat. Would you rather discover what Sabrina discovered or what Stevie discovered? Oh. So Nazis or murder? Nazis or <laughs> Nazi murder. Oh, that's really hard because just think of how, I mean, I know that Sabrina didn't make it, but how scary it must have been for her to realize, holy shit, my friend's dad is a Nazi. He's murdered someone literally right in front of me. He's probably going to murder more people. And then he, like, and then she sees him at the library with her Nazi books. And she's like, oh, I'm just doing reading for school. 
did you Why have? Why didn't she have the Nazi books in a bag bag? Because bag bag didn't e- version of a bag mm, bag. Yeah, she should have. But bag bag wasn't a thing then. This couldn't happen. But just imagine, like bumping into him at the library, and you know he was there, like scoping out the place, trying to find her. That's the thing. Sabrina is in a very difficult position because who does she go to? Who does she tell? Whereas Stevie knows how to talk to the police, who to talk to on the police. You know, she knows FBI or something. You know, she's she's got a bit more wherewithal about how that the that structure works. Whereas Sabrina seems clueless. Yeah. Understandably so. She's not embroiling herself in crimes and investigations. Yeah. Like Stevie is. So, and like yeah, who would she have told? What would she have done with that information? Hello, local sheriff. My friend's dad's a Nazi and I think he's murdered someone. Okay, little girl, let's call your parents and see your doctor. Yeah, and then they're like, oh, we better tell the mayor. And he's like, no, he's not a Nazi. He's not murdering anyone. And my son didn't murder anyone either. Let's eat a hot dog and jello. <laughs> With mayonnaise. With mayonnaise. In both the hot dog and the jello. Yes. <laughs> Gross. All gross. Mayonnaise. Yeah, I guess I gotta go with Stevie just to avoid yeah. the mayonnaise. Yeah, yeah, same. I, I, the idea of jello mayonnaise. No, it ruins everything. It does. It does. Ugh. Ugh. No, no, no. Nasty, Ugh. nasty, nasty. All right. Ooh. Slightly less nasty. Would you rather eat one of Patty's cakes or any and all of the camp food? Patty's cakes. No, I'm going with the camp food. Which kind of cake are you going to eat? Do you know what? It depends on what mood I'm in. I've been in a more of a savory mood lately than I have been in a sweet. Mm. So probably we'll go with the camp food. But yeah. talk to me next week and I'll be like, cake! <laughs> Demons come out of that cake. Mm. Mm. Um, I want to eat the camp food. I mean, I know that we were just talking about how we don't want to eat mayonnaise on everything, but, you know, Stevie doesn't put mayonnaise on her hot dog because that's not a thing that you put on hot dogs, P.S. You do not put mayonnaise on hot dogs. But I would like I, to eat, you know... It's been hot... ages since I've had a really good hot dog. I love hot dogs. With no mayonnaise. No mayonnaise on. What do you put on your hot dogs? I now... If... Anyone from the Chicago area is listening, I apologize, but I put ketchup on my hot dogs, which is mm. not a thing there. That is the correct thing to put on them. Yes. Um, ketchup, plain yellow mustard, no fancy mustard, and preferably sweet pickle relish, but I will take a dill pickle relish as well. That sounds delicious. Yeah. That's my standard. I mean, I also like a good chili dog with cheese and onions. That's pretty mm. good too. But I think I, I think I prefer. But now I know that I already said Chicago. I do love a Chicago dog too, with celery salt and poppy seeds and tomatoes 
and peppers and pickle slices and all of that stuff. That's really good. That's a lot of stuff on a hot dog. Oh, it's so good, though. Do you know, the thing is, like, with hot dogs, unless you're in a restaurant ordering what would be probably considered a gourmet hot dog, a hot Mm -hmm. dog is the bun, the hot dog, ketchup or mustard or both, and then, depending on what they offer, onions. So, like, you know, the crispy onions that you can get, Mm -hmm. like salad onions, or chopped up onions and fried. And if I'm making them in the house then we don't tend to have mustard in the house when, when I make them. But not, I don't mind mustard, but I don't like it on a hot dog. It just, it's too, it's, it's too much. And it's usually just ketchup and, and fried onions. I've never had a fried onion on a hot dog. That's like gourmet standard <laughs> in my house when it comes to a hot dog. We're going to have to do that. We're going to have to try that. Mm, I love it when it's like they get really caramelized down. Hmm. Delish. Delish. I like it when I, the last hot dog is mine and I get the rest of the onion. Okay, so I misunderstood. You were talking about like the crispy fried onions that you put on salads or like caramelized onions? Because those both. are two different things. Both. Two different things. No, I wouldn't put them both on at the same time, mm. but it depends. Like certain places will all have the crispy fried mm-hmm. and some will have the caramelized. It depends where you're going. Like. Mm. At sports events, like football and stuff, they have burger vans. Okay. And the burger vans will do the burgers and will do the hot dogs, but it's all the same kind of fried onions that go on. It's just chopped oh. onions, thrown in the pan, with oil cooked, you know, okay. caramelised. Yeah. And it smells amazing. Yeah. So good. Yeah. But mm. Yeah, that's just bun, hot dog, caramelised onions, ketchup. Do you remember that time that you sent me a can of hot dogs? I do. In the video. We made videos eating the hot dogs. Mm-hmm. For the fine, ha- fine Goods podcast. Fine Goods, yes. <laughs> I had a packet of a packet of hot dogs, like in this, like the wrap, like you would get them. Mm-hmm. Um, not long after, I think the video, and it was so smoky. Smoky? Smoky, yeah. It's like they'd been smoked. And I don't mind, like, smoked bacon or smoked salmon. You know, I don't mind things being smoked, but these were hella smoked. No. Okay. It was was in my sinuses smoked. No, no. Okay, so here's another thing that we have to add to the whenever Claire comes to visit America list, and it is proper hot dogs that are not smoky flavor. I've That's had hot weird. dogs in Florida. And also we have to go to Cracker Barrel. I can't see that menu. It's a, it'll be a surprise. It'll be a surprise it's when you come. Do they sell crackers? In a barrel? No, actually they have the um, no, they do have <laughs> it's funny, we joke about it a lot. Um, like if you get a if you get a salad or a soup and they they give you crackers. They're not called crackers. They're called old-fashioned squares. <laughs> and we laugh at them because they're old-fashioned squares. What? <laughs> I don't know. That is excessively American. I don't know. I don't <laughs> That's know. so weird. Put some mayonnaise on them. Gross. <laughs> okay. Yikes. Do I still like those um, 
fish crackers that you sent me. Cheesy fish. Cheesy oh, fish. yeah, goldfish. <gasps> goldfish crackers. Oh, my God. I did not chef. Well, they were really, really good. They were delicious, and I had them all secretly, so nobody could have them. It's great. Delicious. Anywho. We have I one more question. We, I don't think we even lost the last one. Have we decided on camp food? We're just going to go with camp food. Uh, yes, clearly, yeah, for the we, hot dogs. But we have another question. Animals. We have another question. It's a very important question. It is a very, very important question. Would you rather have a box, 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 or a bag, bag, bag? <laughs> <laughs> box, box, or bag, bag? Box, box, bag, bag. Which do you choose? Box, boxes are very useful. But I think I'd probably use a bag, bag. It is a known fact. I love a tote. You do love a tote. I do love a you tote. You do love a tote. So I'm going to go with the bag bag. You have to have a bag bag bag. I have to have a bag bag bag. <laughs> I want a box 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 just so I can have a box box box. Plus you can put all your crafting stuff in I the can. box box. I can. So I want a box box. A box inside of a box. Sorry. Inside of another box, and then I mail that box to myself, and when it arrives, <laughs> smash it with a hammer. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck is going on? I don't know, and I'm not sorry about it. Whatever no, it is. No, that's my street All right. Favorite final thought quote. Got through. Okay. Okay. What do you have? That's the thing about speaking. You can talk and talk and have no idea at all what the words leaving your mouth mean or where they came from. That's like what just happened to us. Yes. That's why I've said it. That's what happens word to us vomit, all the time. Exactly. Word vomit is a disease and we should be, you know, treated with all due care and due diligence it deserves. Yes. That's a good one. My next one, of course, never question the girl who works in the library. Oh, I had that one too. Yes. Did you? Yes, I love that one. Have I stolen yours? It doesn't matter because we're both librarians. (laughs) Never question us. And last one. Funny how the world shifts when you're the same space with your friends. The air is energised. The light is warmer. Aww. And I picked that one because it happens every Friday. Oh, that's so sweet. Put that in the box and mail it. Oh, please do. (laughs) I love it. What's yours? God, I have so many. I I guess I can just stick with three. Yeah, go for it. I have so many. We're here for the duration. That's true. How long have we been here already? in the glory. Like six hours already for this one. Okay. I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to know. Okay. Let's see. Oh, I really like this one. There were for sure snakes at the camp. It was entirely made of snakes. Why hadn't she thought of the snakes? Um, and speaking of snakes, we have another one with creepy crawlies and slitheries. 
Spiders had it made. This one, for instance. All day now, she, Stevie was sure she was a she, even though she was a daddy longlegs, had been chilling in this corner under the window bitch, watching over a loose weave of webbing, waiting for a snack to show up. It looked like a good life under there, shooting your own house out of your butt, food flying over to you, everybody basically leaving you alone. But I had to pick that one because shooting your own house out of your butt. Yes, go to the red bubble and buy the t-shirt. Yes. <laughs> Please do. Okay, let's see. What else? I'm still going to eat a lot of tacos, but I'm going to do it judgmentally. Sorry, it's a quote from the book, not your life. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I... You misunderstood the brief again. I did. I did. <laughs> okay, God, I'm just going to keep going. I'm just going to keep going forever. She's like the Hulk, but... Instead of transforming when she gets mad, it's when she sees crafts. And she doesn't turn big and green. She just makes crafts. So, not like the Hulk, really. You've done it again. <laughs> not your life. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm the box box guy who owns a camp where the box and the woods murders were, so they sent me a box. By the last box, the word had lost all meaning for Stevie. <laughs> I, I get a feeling that should be the episode it probably should be but then there's also another one that would be really good to sense matter in murder that one would be Ooh, really good too but you so know sensible. you know I really it will make it will be so special for everyone who listens to the podcast for the tagline to be, by the last box, the word had lost all meaning. <laughs> we'll just cut off the first Stevie part, leave it as an ellipses. <laughs> the word had lost all meaning. And it's true. It's true. You are Captain Big Box. Box bag. Bag box. <laughs> <laughs> That's also very good. God, I love this book. It's I love it so much. All right. So if you like this, try this. Oh, what are Jesus. you suggesting? <laughs> so good. Oh, okay, I haven't read this one, but you know, as I'm looking through books, this one stood out to me. Let's look for the hashtag tenuous link. It's The Cheerleaders by Cara Thomas. Okay. Yeah, I feel like we've talked about this one before. Yeah, I've got a feeling as well, but it's it felt relevant, so you're getting it again. And the summaries from waterstones.com this time, instead of probably the usual Goodreads. There are no more cheerleaders in the town of Sunnybrook. First, there was the car accident. Two girls dead after hitting a tree on a rainy night. Then the murders happened. Two girls were killed by the man next door. The police shot him, so no one will ever know why he did it. Monica's sister was the last cheerleader to die. After her suicide, Sunnybrook Hyde disbanded the cheer squad. No one wanted to be reminded of the girls they had lost. That was five years ago. Now the faculty and students at Sunnybrook High want to remember the lost cheerleaders. But for Monica, it's not that easy. After she discovers the letters in her stepdad's desk, unearths an ancient phone and meets a strange new friend at school, Monica can't just move on. There are no more cheerleaders in Sunnybrook. That doesn't mean anyone else is safe. Ooh. Ooh. That does sound fun. And what have you got? 
I have one also that I haven't read. It's called Eyes of the Forest by April Henry. And I think I got this from Goodreads, but I found it in a list. And I don't remember where the list came from. It was probably a library list. After a best-selling fantasy author disappears, only his biggest fan believes he's in danger and has the courage to uncover the truth in this fast-paced mystery with a chilling psychological twist. And hopefully the author is not Nate, and hopefully he didn't get miseried by Lucas. Anyway, Bridget is R.M. Halden's biggest fan. His epic fantasy series, Swords and Shadows, created a lifeline between Bridget and her mom as she was as she lost her battle with cancer. When Bridget met Halden at his only book signing, she impressed the author with her encyclopedic knowledge of the fantasy world he'd created. Bridget has been working for him ever since as he attempts to write his final book. Now, Halden is missing, and Bridget is the only person who seems concerned. Can Bridget piece together Halden's clues and save him before it's too late? Or did she murder him? Surprise! Surprise! <laughs> Open the box box. Yeah. There's a surprise. Murder. Do we have an indie spotlight this week? It yes. is the month of indie spotlights. It indie is. Spotlight. It is the month of indie spotlights. And I found one that is also, you know, kind of got a little bit of a tenuous link. Yay. Kind of. So this one is called Vanish Me by Lee Matthew Goldberg. When former singer Nico Sullivan goes missing, her estranged daughter, Love, finds her mom's old diary. Hashtag tenuous link. Using each entry as a clue to her mother's whereabouts, Love takes a trip to L.A. with her best friends, Frankie and Caden, where she discovers that her feelings for Frankie may run deeper than she's willing to let on. While diving deeper into her mother's old life, Love struggles with her own social insecurities and abandonment issues. But as she's searching for lost parts of herself, Love also discovers something unexpected. A deep-rooted and shared love of 90s grunge music with her missing mother. It turns heartbreaking, inspiring, and mysterious. Vanish Me is a portrait of a teenage girl desperate to find herself among the cracks of her mother left behind. From the among the cracks her mother left behind. Not the cracks of her mother. Her mother is not cracking up. Step on a crack. Break your mother's back. Oh no. Is that what happened? Possibly. It is possible. Don't step on the cracks. Don't do it. Alright. <laughs> so jeez. That's it for this episode of Fictional Hangover. I'm Amanda. I'm Claire. Join us next time as we discuss another indie spotlight. (laughs) This one is called Try Not to Die at Grandma's House by Mark Tulis and Anthony Spack with guest podcast, The Literary Lushes. Look out for our Would You Rather polls on social media. Don't forget about our book club and monthly challenges on Facebook. Be sure to visit our shop on Redbubble at fictionalhangover.redbubble.com for all your favorite fictional hangover-themed merchandise and become a patron of ours on Patreon at patreon.com slash fictionalhangover. Until next time, remember, the only cure for a fictional hangover is a box box. (laughs) Actually, it's another book.
Sorry. <laughs> Had to say it one more time. I have to get one more box in, didn't we? <laughs> You can find us at fictionalhangover.com, follow us on Instagram at fictionalhangover, find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash fictionalhangover, and on Twitter at fictionalhangover, no E-R. If you'd like this episode, check out our others, and rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss out. And finally, special thanks to Liz Emerson for our music. You can find her on Facebook and Patreon. Thanks for listening. And after you listen to all of the outro, it's just us going... Box, 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 box